Guys, you heard it from the man Donald Trump himself. Things have to get worse before they get better. And we're already experiencing food shortages as well as skyrocketing prices at the grocery store. Do not wait for the crisis to happen. You don't want to be at the grocery store trying to panic buy with everybody else. Get prepared now while you can. Right now, My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company, is offering $250 savings on their three-month emergency food kit. And three months of emergency food is the minimum your family should have. So go to preparewithnickmoseeder.com and get one for each family member while you're able to save $250 during this timely sale, which ends soon. Go to preparewithnickmoseeder.com. That's preparewithnickmoseeder.com. So today is the big day, ladies and gentlemen, where the counties in Arizona are going to certify the fraudulent election at the county level. And this is pursuant to Arizona Statute 16-642, which says the governing body holding an election shall meet and canvass the election not less than six days nor more than 20 days following the election. So it's actually Arizona law that these counties accept the official canvass by today. Now, I know what you're thinking. I thought I heard that there's four counties in Arizona that are planning to withhold certification. And I've covered this many, many times. That's simply not the case. Mohave, Yela County, Yavapai County, and Cochise County all plan to certify today. In fact, Yela County actually certified on the 18th. So this narrative that's been circulating is very misleading. All that they did was delay the certification until the last day, which is today. So... We have a big problem on our hands, especially because the issues in Maricopa County have not been resolved or even addressed whatsoever. We got a letter from Maricopa County last night, which was a response to the Assistant Attorney General's letter that she sent out a few days ago. Jennifer Wright, who happens to be an alumni of True the Vote, an election integrity group, uh, sent out a letter to Maricopa County demanding answers. And it was actually a very good letter, I have to say. The letter was very pointed, and it cited multiple statutes that the Board of Supervisors and County Recorder Stephen Richer had clearly violated. And even said that, you know, through your own public communications, you guys have admitted to breaking Arizona law. And we demand a response before you actually certify this election. Now, Maricopa County did respond to this letter, but the amount of things that they did not address is startling. There's an old saying that those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. And clearly Maricopa County has a lot to hide. This letter from the Maricopa County's attorney, Thomas Liddy, is a bitch slap right in the face of all the disenfranchised Arizona voters. And it's also a bitch slap right in the face of Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Clearly, they are not afraid of the nunchucks. And I mean, why would they be? It's two years later, and Attorney General Burnovich has not even completed his investigation into the 2020 election, and not a single thing has been addressed, and not a single person has been held accountable or prosecuted. So why would we think, for even a second, that they would be worried about the Attorney General doing something? At the time of this recording, we're about 30 minutes away from Maricopa County meeting and accepting the official canvas in Maricopa County, despite all of these issues that have yet to be addressed. And I want to go over some of those issues uh, briefly. So let's pick apart this letter from Maricopa County's attorney, Thomas Liddy. He says, in footnote one to your letter, you state that state and federal law require uniform administration of elections. The county's technical printer issues in some of its vote centers did not violate that requirement. 
First, you cite to Article 2, Section 21 of the Arizona Constitution to support your suggestion that the county's printer difficulties causing some voters to need to place their ballots into door three violated the requirement for uniform and free elections. That constitutional provision requires that all elections shall be free and equal and no power, civil or military, shall at any time interfere to prevent the, the free exercise of the right of suffrage. This constitutional guarantee means that the state of Arizona must provide for uniformity in elections across the state so that they will be free and equal for all the state's voters. It does not mean that an election might be invalid if there are unexpected printing difficulties preventing on-site tabulation when all the voters who attempted to vote were provided legal options for doing so. So basically what they're saying here is, even though the law says that elections must be uniform for all, um, well, we didn't break that law because we still gave everybody the option to vote. Nobody was denied the right to vote, right? Everybody had the right to either stand in line for hours until the printers start working again, or they could go to another vote center and cast their ballot there, or they could just drop their ballot into door three to be tabulated later. It doesn't really matter that some of the people that were told, hey, you got to stand in line for hours on end waiting for the printers to work again, decided that they didn't have time for that and just went home and never actually casted a ballot. It also doesn't matter that some of those ballots that were dropped in door three were actually co-mingled with the ballots that were already tabulated and likely never counted. And it also doesn't matter that a lot of the people that chose the third option and went to another vote center were told that they already voted. None of this matters because everybody was given options to vote on election day, right? So everybody had the right to vote and therefore elections were free and uniform for all. But wait a second, what about the other vote centers where the machines actually worked? Where people just walked in, filled out a ballot, and put it through the machine, and it tabulated their ballot? Doesn't that just completely defeat your argument? Yes, of course it does, guys. But it doesn't matter because we're talking about Arizona here, where laws don't matter. Okay, reading on. Eight Arizona counties do not have any tabulators in their polling locations at all. In Apache, Coconino, Gila, Mohave, Pima, Penal, Santa Cruz, and Yavapai counties, every election day voter places his or her ballot into a ballot box, much like door three. All of those ballots are taken back to a central election headquarters to be tabulated, just like door three ballots are taken to the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center to be tabulated. It cannot be the case that the, the limited use of the door three ballot box for some voters in Maricopa County violates the Constitution. While the required use of a ballot box by every voter in over half of the state's counties does not. Simply stated, the failure of printers to print ballots capable of being read by precinct-based tabulators cannot violate the free and equal clause when all voters were still provided reasonable and lawful options for voting. Maricopa County's contingency plan of instructing voters to place their ballots into a ballot box to be tabulated later is used by eight counties in the state, and no Arizona law requires ballots to be tabulated in polling locations using precinct-based tabulators. Okay, but see, here's the difference here, Thomas Liddy. It wasn't just the door number three issue. You also told people to go to different vote centers and they were told that they already voted. You also had this problem where, because Maricopa County uh, vote centers were trying to feed ballots through machines, 
10, 15 times, it caused the lines to back up and people were standing in line for hours. That didn't happen in these other eight counties. The fact that some voters in Arizona were required not to go to just one vote center, but two, whereas everywhere else people were able to walk into one vote center and cast their ballot, means that the election was not free and uniform for all. Now, in the next section, Thomas Liddy cites court precedent and says that in the 2020 election, basically the same thing happened, and there was a lawsuit, Fontes versus Aguilera. And the courts ruled that even though precinct tabulators were unable to read some ballots that were cast on election day, the court was unpersuaded and concluded that flawless election process is not a legal entitlement under any statute. Even if the tabulators experienced some problem that interfered with the machine's ability to tabulate the ballots in the polling location, the court said after the 2020 election that that doesn't invalidate the election. So basically, here's what I'm thinking. I didn't know about this court case, uh, but apparently in 2020, there was a similar issue and they won in court. The court said, well, you know, there's no statute in Arizona that says you have to run a perfect election. So, here's what I think happened. After they got this court decision, they probably realized, hey, we can do this and get away with it. And so, they decided that on election day, we're going to have 30% of the machines not reading ballots. And if it ever gets brought to a courtroom, well, guess what? There's already court precedent. We already know that the courts are going to be on our side and we can get away with this. That's exactly what I think happened. Okay, now there's one more section here, and this is regarding the people that were told they could check out of one vote center and then go to another and cast their ballot there. And what we know is that a lot of those people went to the second vote center and were told that they were already checked into another vote center and they've already voted. So, Thomas Liddy says, No statute prohibits a voter from checking out of a particular polling location to go to another polling location to vote. The county allows voters to do so. The procedure the county utilizes is as follows. If a voter who has checked into a vote center decides that she would rather go to a different vote center to cast her ballot, she may spoil her ballot in the presence of the poll workers and check out of that polling location. When she arrives at her preferred vote center, she will check in and be issued a ballot. During check-in, the site book verifies that she is not currently checked into another vote center. If a voter leaves a vote center without checking out, then goes to another vote center to vote, the site book will show that she checked in at the previous vote center. Consistent with Arizona law, she will be allowed to vote a provisional ballot in the new vote center and place it in a provisional ballot envelope. The county will then research whether she had already cast a ballot in order to determine whether there is information showing the person did vote. If there is the provisional ballot envelope, will remain unopened and her vote will not be counted. Okay, now here's where we get to the part where we talk about what Maricopa County has omitted in this letter. See, this is a total deflection because... Jennifer Wright, in her original letter, said that we have affidavits from poll workers saying that you never trained us on how to check voters out of one vote center so they can go to another. So what happened is, people were sent to another vote center, and when they got there, they were told, you're still checked in at the first vote center. And the poll workers were never trained on how to check people out so they could go vote somewhere else. Jennifer Wright specifically asked them to provide details of how and when poll workers were trained on this procedure, and they completely omitted that from the letter. Now, the last section, I don't want to read it because it's a bunch of garbledy gook. 
Jennifer Wright asked for a reconciliation of the number of votes cast with the number of uh, voters that checked in. And what Maricopa County basically said is, we can't provide that to you because... Uh, in the 2020 election, we completely changed how elections are run. It used to be that everybody had their own specific assigned precinct, and you could only vote at your own precinct, right? But in the 2020 election, we changed everything. Now we have something called vote centers. And instead of people going to specific precincts, people can go to any vote center that they want. And they can cast a ballot regardless of where they live, right? And we have these things called ballot-on-demand printers at the vote center. So... You know, there's like 2,000 different ballot styles that are based on where people actually live. And nowadays, all we have to do is look up this person in our database, figure out the specific ballot that they need, and print it on a ballot-on-demand printer. Which, by the way, is very convenient when you consider the fact that we can create fake voters on the registration list and then print fake ballots and assign those to the fake voters. But basically what they're saying here to Jennifer Wright is because we changed everything in the 2020 election, the law no longer applies or we can't comply with it because everything's different now. So basically to summarize, what Maricopa County is saying here is yes, we ran the sloppiest election in American history and it was clearly intentional because it all affected Republicans that showed up on election day, but there's nothing you can do about it, baby, because this is Arizona and we don't have any prosecutors and the courts are corrupt. So... I mean, bite me. And so basically, what we're going to do is we're going to certify a rigged election at 8.30 a.m. on Monday, and then Brnovich is going to sit down with Katie Hobbs and Ducey on December 5th and certify the election at the state level. And don't think for a second that our buddy, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich, is going to do anything because guess what? He's buddies with Stephen Richer. I'm, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a leaked photo of Brnovich hanging out with Stephen Richer while he was supposedly investigating him from the 2020 election. So I'm not holding my breath here. Now, one last thing before we wrap this up, I want to show you several things which Maricopa County's attorney Thomas Liddy failed to address whatsoever and in a just world where we actually had prosecutors that wanted to hold these people accountable the the attorney general's office would immediately reject this letter from Maricopa County and say you failed to answer most of my questions and therefore we're going to pursue this in court Jennifer Wright wanted to know specifically which voting locations had the issues she wanted to know exactly what happened. She wanted a comprehensive log of all the changes that were made to the printers. She wanted the identity of the individuals that made the changes. She wanted the precise time that they identified the root cause of the problem. And she wanted to know the method that was used to update or reconfigure the printer configuration settings at each voting location. She wanted to know whether uh, technicians were deployed to all the vote centers or was this done remotely by a network administrator. She also said that we have reports that the door number three non-tabulated ballots were commingled with the tabulated ballots at the voting location. There's sworn complaints from election observers that indicated 1,700 door number three non-tabulated ballots were placed in black duffel bags that were intended to be used for tabulated ballots, which is why she wanted a copy of each voting location's official ballot report, including any discrepancies in the report and explanations for such discrepancies. 
None of these questions were answered. And again, those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. Why did Maricopa County just omit these answers in their letter? Why didn't they address this whatsoever? And what's the attorney general's office going to do about it? These are the questions that we have to ask. And these are the questions that we need to pose to the attorney general and all of the elected officials in Maricopa County and across the state of Arizona. So the reason I'm making this video is because I want the people in Arizona to make some damn noise. This is completely unacceptable. Are we really going to roll over and allow another election to be stolen? Please do me a favor and take the link to this video and share this all over social media so that people can understand that what's happening is completely unacceptable. We need this information to get to a wider audience, so please click the share button to this video and spread this all over the place. Also, smash like on this video, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, and if you want to support my work, which would be greatly appreciated, please go to nickmoseater.locals.com where you can sign up for free, but you can also become a monthly supporter. Guys, I don't ever want to have to answer to anybody and moderate my content you know, for some network. I want to stay completely independent, and with your guys' support, I can do that, so please consider going to nickmoseater.locals.com and signing up, and you'll also get, as an incentive and, and my way of saying thank you, an extra video every single week. Anyways, thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.